Esben Stark is responsible for the overall leadership at Lego Education, a division of the Lego Group based in Belund, Denmark. Esben's been at Lego for 15 years, working on various management and marketing positions and bringing a wealth of experience from international business in Japan, Sweden, and China. In this episode, uh, Esben talks about a new professional development initiative that Lego Education has for educators using their products. Esben, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to speak with me today. My, uh, my, my pleasure. It's uh, a lot has happened since we spoke uh, last time. That's right. That's right. Let me ask you first off, where are you clicking in from? I'm uh, clicking in from uh, Pilon in, uh, in Denmark. Uh, and as you might see, we're just on our way out of uh, sort of pandemic uh, closure. And one of the things that's been closed for uh, three months or more uh, are the hair salons. So I'm sporting sort of a, a slightly bigger hairdo than uh, last time. <laughs> I actually just had my first hot shave in 18 months. So I'm, I'm feeling very excited about that too. Uh, I'm, I'm also... Uh, uh, thrilled. I always feel like Alexander Graham Bell a little bit with these Zoom meetings from exotic places like Denmark. You're, you're, that's like a, a top five for me. Usually it's a San Francisco or Austin. So this is this is pretty cool. So I, I, I appreciate it. Uh, so it's always time. interesting how where you live, you don't necessarily see it as that exotic, but people who, uh, who are not from there see it as, uh, as, as exotic. Right? That's right. So, but we'll welcome you over uh, to Bilo at any time. Um, I'm, I'm coming. I'm vaccinated and I have got my vaccine passport. And I'm, re I'm ready to go. So I guess the, the first question I, I, I need to ask, and it's unfortunate that we still need to talk about it, but the pandemic is still very much a part of our, our, our daily lives. And um, thankfully, we have some news from Lego that we can dig into. But I, I need to ask first, how are you able to accomplish new initiatives um, and, and actually get work done? as an executive uh, in the time of pandemic. I mean, I, I have a, still have a hard time getting to the supermarket just to uh, get my food without forgetting my mask or just the daily, daily routines are still so difficult. Talk a little bit about how you've been able to lead Lego education uh, during this, this crazy time. Yeah, so I think uh, we're, we're used to having to work across borders. So using, uh, I guess the technologies uh, is is an extension of what we were what we were used to doing. What we don't have is the ability to sit as much together as as we did before. And I know, of course, that we've missed that. But we've there's also been opportunities in that. So where it used to be, if you were sitting in China, you were talking to a group of people in Denmark, sitting in the same meeting room, and you could be a little bit outside of of that energy. Now we are all on call. So in some way, it's actually helped us you can say with that element of, of, of sort of inclusivity across, um, across different um, time zones, et cetera. Now I know, but before we get specifically into the news, talk a little bit about how Lego education pivoted uh, with the onset of COVID-19. I'm assuming, you know, this past March, uh, most education technology companies I've spoken to have done a complete reversal. They've either become customer service uh, to students and teachers or that they've had to change strategies. Talk, uh, talk a little bit about how your company has uh, responded and pivoted uh, during this time. Yeah, and of course, a, a very unprecedented time, right? Suddenly everything, if, if you will, uh, shut down. And I think a lot of schools and teachers, for good reason, went into sort of emergency mode, right? And how do we get 
the basics into place. And I think through that, it's been important for us to, to sort of make sure how can we continue to support student learning? How can we continue to support uh, the building of student confidence and their engagement uh, in their own uh, learning? So I think there's kind of maybe two elements to it. One is about our delivery. So how can we support uh, students learning in different location and of course you can say that's been quite fragmented right everything from more or less in school to completely uh, at home so uh, we've been working on tools support for teachers so that they can use our solutions whether at home in a in a distance in school uh, setting or in hybrid with with both the time in school and uh, at home so being able to support that but still uh, focusing around hands-on uh, learning through uh, play because we really know with that hands-on engagement you get the engagement uh, in the learning and through the learning through play uh, approach we can really help support uh, students building the confidence and the resilience uh, that they need so you can say we did not pivot to a completely digital offering but how can we bring a physical uh, hands-on uh, process and design process into the settings uh, that the students uh, are at and also with the new launches that we are coming with and the new resources that we're coming with they have as they've been developed through COVID times you'll see that there's uh, a teacher teacher and student material supporting a different learning setting or hybrid learning settings and also the support for teachers we have in our professional development uh, platform actually also supports different settings in fact a lot of the video that is the basis of our PD platform was shot in COVID time. So it's absolute real classroom examples of hybrid settings. Uh, because I mean, the, the framework that Lego has, has been well established for, for years. I mean, we, we've spoken about it before all of this, but so that's interesting that um, in the process of developing this new initiative, um, you were reestablishing or, or, or redoing it in real time, right? Absolutely, and I think that's us and a lot of other uh, companies, right? In the same way that schools have, you know, uh, isn't it the old expression, right? You're you're building the plane uh, while you're flying it, and that was certainly uh, the case uh, there. But again, I think has allowed us to make our solutions more versatile, and again with a focus on uh, the students their learning needs and how we can support them where, where, where they are. Yeah. Uh, I think what's, uh, I think it's also sort of interesting through that uh, COVID period from sort of uh, emergencies, getting the basics to work to sort of saying, okay, what are uh, uh, the elements that can make it work in a hybrid setting to actually where I think we are now, hopefully uh, coming uh, out of COVID and really the focus on how can we re-engage the students uh, in their learning? How can we also uh, get them uh, hands-on? And in my point of view, I think maybe also realizing some of the power that's in the classroom or potential that's in uh, the classroom and how can we, uh, how can we leverage that? I know that uh, a lot of the, the work was done in conjunction with Tufts University. I assume that's in, uh, in, in Boston at, the, at their main campus. Uh, yes. Can you think about any innovations during this process because of the, our, our current circumstances where maybe some light bulbs went up overhead saying, wow, this is, this is actually a better way in which to 
deliver professional development to educators? I mean, you, you mentioned video, but are, were there any instances where you can think back and say, wow, you know, we always should have done it this way? Well, I think you can say this is actually our first uh, online uh, uh, platform uh, for professional uh, development uh, there. And I think it allows us to scale our reach quite uh, significantly. So I think the opportunity that that offers, yet still really leveraging real classroom examples, leveraging real teachers, sharing their best practice, and then you can say chopping it up so that it becomes a self-guided experience. So it's not a linear, you know, two or three days, this is uh, what happens, but can be uh, choiceful from the teacher around saying, this is really what I'm interested in, now I'm, I'm digging into that. So in that way, it allows a self-selection of the, the, the learning that we didn't uh, have before. One of the other things uh, in, in reading about the new initiatives uh, that I found interesting, traditionally, uh, from my experience, professional development uh, was offered and packages uh, sold or, or, or given from the top down, that school districts would adopt a professional learning program probably three days before the first day of school. They would have a workshop and they would, would give, give uh, teachers, here, here's your professional development days, here are the hours, and, and here's what you're going to do. Reading about your program, it seems very bottoms up that it's more that it's focused maybe at the, the teacher first instead of going from the superintendent's office down to the school, down to, can you talk a little bit about that and whether that was something that was intentional or uh, just a way in which Lego education has always operated? Well, as you can say, it, it uh, was intentional again to allow the teachers to focus on those elements that were most important uh, to them, both prior to implementing the solutions, but also while having them in the classroom, always being able to go back. And again, in many cases, it was teachers also trying out a different approach to learning, so more project-based, more playful, uh, et cetera. So being able to, and I think we also know it, one thing is you can sort of be in the classroom and someone can tell you something. When you try to practice it yourself, that's when you hit the pain points, right? And then being able to go back and, and, and sort of dig in uh, to those. So that was um, intentional, but I think speaking of COVID, of course, you took teachers whose time was already squeezed, that was suddenly super squeezed, and then saying, how can we then, and, and who had two or three days for professional development uh, during the last uh, 12 months, but then how can it be put in to shorter elements? So that's where we have what we call both learning quests that are sort of 30 minute, learning bursts that can be five to 10 minutes. So you sort of take the time that you can and dig into the things that are, that are most important. So I think again, that element of self-selection that element of fitting it in when I can fit it in, and also returning to it once I've tried practicing it and, and I've hit some pain points there. So yeah, so it's, it's adding um, a flexibility that was forced upon teachers because of the current situation, right? So maybe traditionally they wouldn't have spent their Saturday afternoon going through a, a learning burst but now, because of the situations, they might just choose to, because that's the, the best time that they're open to, to learning. Yeah, and it allows the learning to be more personalized and more situational, right? And I, because I think another thing we can say is that there's not one effect of COVID, right? It's not impacting every teacher, every district uh, in the same way. So again, how can we uh, allow flexibility towards that situation? 
Well, and, and Lego certainly has the advantage of uh, your product, your legendary product, where people are enthused to play around with it anyway, if it's just sitting on their table. I mean, I know plenty of adults these past 18 months who have built Eiffel Towers and <laughs> other uh, <laughs> adult Lego things to, to while away the time. Talk a little bit about um, Lego as tools uh, during this time. It's actually probably even a, a therapeutic, right? For a lot of people, absolutely, I, I think it is, and uh, I think again very effective in uh, the, the school setting uh, as, as, as well. Um, and, and like you're saying, I think most people know what Lego is, and I think we all understand intuitively that there's a learning element in that. And if you've sat and you've built Lego your, yourself, I think everyone has experienced that point in time where time disappears because you're so focused. Uh, on, on what, what you do, right? And, and again, from a learning perspective, that's what's called being in flow. So it's actually when your abilities and the challenge that you face uh, actually match or you're slightly pushing yourself uh, beyond where your abilities uh, are, right? That's when you're stretching yourself and that's ultimately uh, where you learn. And I think it's again, bringing that same principle into the classroom, allowing students to learn through creation through the principles of learning uh, through play, but where we can match the skills and capabilities of the individual to the challenge that's put ahead of them. So again, when you see the way that our solutions or our resources are put together, yes, there's sort of a getting started and a guided practice linking into specific also uh, subject areas, but then you can say there's open projects uh, coming from there. And then again, students can challenge themselves uh, right to the edge of, of their abilities. And again, we know from research, that's when you learn. So that element of flow, that's when we learn. And in principle, that's also what we bring, uh, bring into the classroom. Mm. I also noticed in the, in the news, um, the addition of the letter A into the STEM acronym. Uh, yeah. It's always uh, something interesting. I know in the past, when I think about Lego Mindstorms, there's a, a very much a focus on robotics and computer-aided design, very very heavy STEM, maybe not mm -hmm. as much of the A in arts. Uh, is that intentional now? Is that a, a new direction for Lego or something that is there that is just being emphasized now? Well, you can say there's an element in our heritage, that heritage that's sort of deeply also uh, steeped in the A, right? That's around creativity. And that's again, when we talk about, uh, again, when you get to sort of the open uh, projects there and really, uh, also uh, uh, expressing yourself through what you create there. So I think really leveraging that creativity element is certainly something that is very central uh, to, our, to our heritage and really allowing that and making sure that our platforms are the best possible uh, for uh, doing that. You can then say at a more sort of a concrete level, if we think about things like language and language arts, again, we have language extensions into uh, into our solutions that actually allow teachers to also dig uh, into that. So I think what you'll also notice is across also, for instance, in BrickQ, which is our sort of recently launched introductory uh, STEAM product, uh, non-tech. Uh, non Again, there are minifigures in there. It lends itself to storytelling. Storytelling lends itself, of course, to both language, but also into uh, engagement there yeah. as well. So you can say, I think the A is natural to Lego. It's natural to creating. It's natural to storytelling. And I think we're just more explicitly 
they're looking to also allow teachers to extract learning around the A. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned earlier about the fact of obviously Lego Education being an international company. Talk a little bit about the differences uh, amongst countries and cultures when it comes to professional development. Um, are there places in your experience uh, who do it very, very well that uh, we should model here in the United States? Uh, talk a little bit about uh, how your approach to offering this, say, to, uh, to folks in the States versus somewhere in Europe or somewhere in, in the United Arab Emirates, say. Uh, okay, without being an expert uh, in, in the United Arab uh, Emirates, there, but you can say it's, it's a it's a global platform that we've launched. And I think back <clears throat> back to the point before, the way that it's being launched actually allows for adaptation um, um, by the by the teacher or even by the school or the district to the way that they would like uh, to uh, to roll it uh, out. I think uh, maybe say, well, what is one of the things that I think is pretty similar? globally when it comes uh, to uh, PD or teachers learning. And that I think is teachers trust and like to learn from other teachers and they like to see real classroom examples. So not, you know, laboratory classrooms, not just things that look like some ideal reality, but what does a real classroom look like? What are the, the challenges that real teachers have faced? How have they uh, come across those? And I think that's sort of been the, the, the sort of core of the, the PD platform to be focused around not, not us teaching uh, uh, teachers or training teachers, but teachers learning from other teachers in real classroom environments. And that I think is globally true. Uh, can you go into a little detail on that? I mean, is, is there an ability for teachers to say upload videos or files or I mean, talk about that dynamic of teachers uh, sharing best practices on the platform. Again, uh, you can say the way that the, the platform and the content has been developed, again, is based on filming real classrooms, uh, listening to real teachers having conversations around what they have experienced and, and how they are doing it differently. Also interactive elements, you can say, that allows to engage in the content. How would I have done it? And then the teacher whose uh, sort of whose classroom we're seeing, why did they make the choices that they uh, made? So again, it is filmed, it is recorded, but it's real teachers, real classrooms, uh, real experiences, and by the way, real kids uh, that we are that that we are uh, seeing there. Then around it, Lego Education, of course, also has a teacher community where there's opportunity for asking questions, uh, etc. But the way that it's been constructed. And, and filmed is based on not our trainers training, but about teachers explaining, this is what's happening in my classroom. This is what I'm doing. And it's everything, you know, from things like classroom management, which is a relevant and important thing when it comes to things like Lego, to uh, uh, how do we uh, do assessment? How do uh, um, uh, the students uh, give feedback to each other? How do, we, do they do? Uh, self-assessment as an example, how do we bring in the components of project-based uh, learning there. So, so that's again uh, how we have, have designed it and ultimately it's teachers learning from teachers uh, and I think that that's true uh, anywhere at least that, that, that I've been. Yeah, assessment uh, is a really interesting aspect uh, of, well it always has been with LEGO and I know I've asked these questions before mm. and project-based learning in general has always uh, had 
kind of a question of assessment tag to it. Like, well, how, how can you mm-hmm. accurately assess this versus the traditional ways of assessing other sort of literacies? Um, can you talk a little bit about that uh, in terms of, I mean, are we developing uh, digital portfolios or like how is the assessment um, woven into um, these, these lessons? Uh, again, you can say what we offer are different uh, approaches and examples uh, from teachers that are of course then very centered around student reflection, which again is a key component uh, to this. Uh, students uh, assessing themselves, it's students comparing their solutions and their projects to others, giving each other feedback there. And then of course, it's also teachers having an opportunity to give feedback and having rubrics against which uh, that they uh, that, that they do uh, those things. And, and a component of that can also be portfolios. We don't offer right now a individualized uh, sort of portfolio uh, functionality. But again, I think once you've created something, created a solution, once you speak about it, I think you're also making that learning, if you will, very visible and therefore also the opportunity to do reflection and feedback based on that. Yeah. Well, Esben, I knew the most difficult part of this uh, interview was going to be to stop it. There, there's so many things that we can speak about and uh, we could go on, but uh, mm-hmm. our time is running short. I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me and I look forward uh, to seeing you again in person at some point. And I look forward to seeing you uh, too. And then uh, maybe the, uh, the, the, the hair is uh, slightly shorter. <laughs> maybe I'll see you in, uh, in exotic uh, Bilon. We would love to welcome you here. Uh, I'm coming over. <laughs> I'll, I'll consider that an official invitation. Thanks again. Yes. I appreciate it. And thanks everyone for watching this latest episode of EdTech Today. I'm Kevin Hogan.